people people feel some type of way and I, I don't know why about track athletes like showing off and I'm like man this is like their one opportunity out of that, this is it. everybody is watching them like and literally there's not there's nothing they can do to take away from the attention from the team because they are like literally every single event with the exception of relays it's about them winning like so literally off, yeah. like, there's nothing they can do to take away attention from everybody else are now listening to the duo sports and stuff podcast here are your hosts Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley episode five zero Dane episode 50 we are here the pinnacle half a hundred episode 50 of the duo sports and stuff podcast my name is Deontay Epps joined by my best friend my co-host my ace my guy Dane Beasley how are you doing this evening my guy you're not frozen, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, look, I was standing still for a minute, though. I almost had you fooled. Oh, you did, man. In light of episode 50, 25 cents times two, I decided to let you do your intro and, you know, without interrupting you. I appreciate that. That's wasn't for you. I did it for the fans and the listeners because it, it definitely wasn't for you. No, nuts for you. You doing all right, though, man? Doing pretty good, man. We got some uh, some rain up here. Um, you know, we, we, we work in the penthouse suite, uh, uptown. So we were looking at how hard the rain was coming down in the parking lot. I was like, man, I really, 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 really hope that this is done by four 30 when we get out, because I ain't trying to get, you know, it's one thing to get in the car and be wet, but it's another thing when you have to get in the car and be wet for 40 minutes because the drive is so long. So, and then you're driving in the rain on the interstate in Dallas when mm-hmm. like, I, I was thinking about that the, the other day, like. It's like people forget how to drive when it's like conditions on the road. Like people yeah. act a fool. Not only that, not only that, but the wife sent me an article today from WFAA. I believe that the road rage incidents have increased uh, tremendously here in the DFW. And I don't know, we're going to see some study in a few years about the, the side effects of us being in isolation and COVID-19 and how that affected the aggression in the psyche of the, the, the adult male and female. So we'll, we'll, we'll hear about that in a, some sort of groundbreaking case study in like five years. Right. And even like, even in the summertime, just people are hot and like, you know, when they can't deal with the weather, <laughs> like case in point, our friggin' AC has been out five days. It's, it's working now. It's working now, but you know, I could tell you firsthand when that AC go out, your whole mood changes. When it's like 85 degrees, when it's hotter in your house than it is outside, you know it's a problem. The smallest stuff annoy you like, hey babe, you want a sandwich? No, I don't want no sandwich. <laughs> For real, man. It's like I think yesterday we kind of green and I not got into it, but it's like, you know, you start button heads, yeah. Yeah, you just start, uh, like the heat just it's like a mind game with Infestus. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't even get to join y'all on the game. I don't even know if y'all play. I like I, I didn't play. I, I was out of there. Sit and you know what I'm saying with all the electricity and heat that the console and the computer bring. Like that's just a death sentence right there. This so is what you should have did. Low key, no cap. Pause. Just get butt naked, put on a tank top or a bra with a bunch of ice cubes in it, and you'd have been fine. So I've heard. I saw a picture of. Uh, I think somebody. I don't know who it was specifically. It went viral on Twitter, but it was like a guy. He's like AC went out and he in his had- car. Yeah, already. <laughs> he had the ice. He ice. I was like, damn, I wonder how cool he feels. He probably feels hella cool. Until all that ice melt, and then it's just bags of water everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, episode 50 of the duo, we are here. Dang, we made it to 50 episodes, guy. Like, could you, when we, when we started this thing back in November of 2019, and I always like to say that because, you know, a lot of these podcasts popped up you know, after, during the pandemic where everybody started getting their own pocket. I feel kind of good because we, we started been here. Yeah. We, we still stand there. We still strong. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, these little podcasts kind of fizzle out after a couple of episodes, but episode 50, man, we are here. What, what does that mean to you that, you know, after November, 2019, we still kept this thing going and now we're at, we're at 50. It means that there was, uh, there were improvements to be made and we were able to make some progress not only with the way that we ran the show, but just the content, the people we had on the show, and most importantly, the people that supported the show. Um, 
obviously we're still hearing a few good things here and there, which is why we're kind of still here talking into a microphone between the two of us and then releasing it out to the public so they can listen to it. So the journey, the journey itself has been the most, the most fun part. The journey itself, just point A to point B. We got fans, man. Somewhat. We got people that actually yeah. listen to us. Yeah, people, people, people like listening to our voices. <laughs> uh, yeah, but definitely, it's definitely been fun, man. And like we always say to each other, even off the mic, um, mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure, my God. Couldn't imagine doing this with anyone else in the world. Um, and it's it's been great, episode 50, and we're going to keep the terrain rolling. We got a lot of more stuff, you know, we, we ain't going to say it yet, but we got, yeah. you know, some good stuff coming up. Um, our way and you know to the fans way a couple of months maybe down the line but um episode 50 is great and uh first things first man um i'm repping baylor kind of hard today you know i got the baylor i put the baylor put the baylor flag up in the background um man tell tell the people kind of you know i heard you were kind (laughs) of about jumping on the baylor train man what's uh well i heard some things you know (laughs) <laughs> well, let 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 me clear the the airwaves real quick. Okay. I am Ohio State's Buckeye fan. Okay, it was established in 2021. Of uh, what was that September of this year? Maybe October. I can't remember. But it's only been officially almost a year, pretty much. And you, you announced um, it on the podcast. I remember. Yeah, announced it on the podcast. I, I picked Ohio State that I was going to rock with them for the remainder of uh, my existence. So, um, my wife's little brother. Um, he's been playing football since he was a kid. He's a little lanky. This, at the time, this tall, lanky little quarterback. Well, fast forward to today, he verbally committed to uh, play for Baylor, and he's going to be playing wide receiver. He's uh, transitioned uh, from quarterback to wide receiver, and that was last year as a junior. It was his first year playing on varsity, and he he pretty much lit it up. Got a quite a few, a uh, handful of D1 offers, and – he knew which one, you know, in in his mind, he knew uh, the right choice that he was going to make or the choice that he was going to make. He chose wisely. And he, cho- <laughs> yeah, he chose, he chose the Waco Baylor Bears. So that's a sicko, man. So uh-huh. shout out to Caleb Douglas, um, my wife's little brother. He's uh, got an awesome head on his shoulders. Um, he's very respectable young man. Very, very talented. I'm not even going to speak about the football traits because that's, goes without saying um but he's a very 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 mature kid and i'm i'm hoping and praying with nothing but the best and success as he enters his senior year but you're gonna hear about him caleb douglas he's uh the next big wide receiver literally six foot four uh wide receiver coming to baylor so we're excited we are going to be a uh baylor household um so i'm looking forward to it it's not going to start until the 2022 season though 2022, we're, we're going to wait until the, then to start the Baylor fandom. But until then, we still support. What is it? The, is it is it gold and green? Is green gold? and gold, brother. Bo. Oh, green, oh, green and gold. The other way around. My bad. You hear that? Green and gold. You hear that? <laughs> oh, since we're on the subject, that means I need to get some free merch from you, brother. I need to get a T-shirt. I need to get a hat. I need to get that flag in the background. I need a little figurine to put on my table. I need a mouse pad for my mouse when I go to work. I need a microphone cover that has Baylor Bears on that mug. And every, all, every, every look, every single Baylor Bear fan, alumni that you're listening to this, hook your boy with some prod or some ideas that I can go shopping with so I can get some new Baylor equipment, uh, even if it is just for, you know, the, the four years it is going to be there. Yeah. So. We can, we can make some arrangements. Yeah. 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 But shout out to uh, Caleb Douglas Douglas and um, man, he, I saw that he jumped up to a four star on one of the um, recruiting websites. I can't remember which one, but um, they were saying that he'll probably be a four star on all. Yeah. All keep going. After a while. So look, that last year was only the beginning. He was very, very raw, but he's, it's there and you can see it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known that he had just started playing wide receiver that year if I was looking at it with fresh eyes, but shout out to, right it, shout out to Payday one time. <laughs> shout out to Caleb Douglas, man. You know, I had to start it off that way, but uh, starting it off, Dane, the NBA playoffs, man, we're down to the final four teams. Um, as we are recording this episode, game five between Phoenix and LA is tipping off. Phoenix is up 3-1 in the series. Um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just shoot it to you, plain bro. Uh, 
I don't like the Clippers. One, obviously, because they eliminated my Dallas Mavericks uh, in the first round. And the second reason is because, I don't know, I just enjoy the Clippers slander that we get often. So, um, Paul George in particular, (laughs) I, I, I don't know if it's bad or not that I enjoy the Paul George slander and I'm on that train. I don't know, man. I think, I don't know what makes me dislike him. I don't know. How do you feel about the Clippers in general? I like a good villain. Okay. I love a good villain. As a Lakers as, as a Lakers fan, I love a good villain. And I'm gonna give credit where credit is credit is due, regardless of the rivalry that may exist between my team and the team that still remaining in the playoffs. But he has had an he at one point Paul George was considered one of the best offensive or best two-way players in the league um, for a while. And it it just kind of just all went, not downhill, but it kind of just his role was, it seemed like he went from this to this, to this, to this, to this, to this guy. And we've seen it be, we've seen him collapse in very important games. uh, And to this point, I would hope that there's a little bit more fight, a little bit more determination, a little bit more, uh, killer instinct left in him. I have no idea. I would just hate for his career or it, to this point for him to be defined by the collapses that he has rather than the offensive town that we know and or two-way town that we know that he's capable of. But I don't know. Uh, I probably should hold my tongue about the Clippers because of the obvious rival that I have because I have I am a Lakers fan, but the team is nothing without Kawhi as we, we all know that he is the, the engine that makes the car go. But obviously um, – in the perfect world, perhaps in an alternate timeline, we'd have that. But right now, the reality is he won't be there for the foreseeable future. So he's probably a rap for the it's funny, yeah. like <laughs> seeing him up and, you know, there's rumblings of Kawhi, you know, having, you know, button heads with the Clippers medical staff. Mm-hmm. The same thing when he was in San Antonio. So when I saw that he got hurt and I saw a knee injury, it immediately took me back to <laughs> his final days in San Antonio. And that was ugly. Yeah, that was ugly, bro. The way that he is about, I feel like whatever the medical, okay, looking at it from the outside in, Uh what we know in San Antonio and what happened there, I'm like, he's not coming back. Like, he is very particular about his body, like, um, like not rushing back, like, if it's, like, whether it's the playoffs or not, because we saw that with, you know, the Spurs, and so... Going back to the Clippers in general and Paul George, I'm like, I, I they're very, you know, I, I I give them their credit too, Dane, because, you know, they've been down 0-2 three times now. Right. And, you know, the first two times, obviously, they pulled through against the Mavericks and Jazz. Um, they're just a team you love to hate. And I think that's the best way to put it. Um, obviously, my hate is coming from, you know, being a fan of the Mavericks. But, you know, they still have, like, an opportunity to close this series or – come back in this series because on the other side you have a young Phoenix Suns team. I know you have Chris Paul there. Um, and like you, you've seen Chris Paul, you know, in the three, one lead, you know, with the Rockets, not finished. Deal. And so if they even interview Chris Paul at the end of game four. And they, one of the questions was like, you know, you've been up three, one before. What does this feel like to be in this? And he was like, like he cut the question off. He's like, I don't even want to talk about three, one. Because, you know, that past history. And it's kind of hard. It's even kind of hard to talk about Chris Paul's effect on the team right now because how well they were playing when he was out. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of just like you don't want as a veteran player that doesn't have a ring yet, you don't even want to think about that. But at the same time, if the reality is put yourself in his shoes, let's say the team does play much better without you. And there's the the, the cohesiveness that is necessary to win in the playoffs. Let's say that it – it's possible for them to win without you having as many minutes as a veteran player that knows that the game, the game of basketball means so much to you. And then of course, reaching that pinnacle, that championship, how does, how do you move? You know, like, how do you, I think for a guy like, like Chris Paul, who's a hall of famer, future hall of famer. And the fact that what he has done throughout the regular season, like people were saying, Chris Paul was an MVP candidate. Like, yeah, not sure if he got an MVP vote or not, but I think you still got to lean on what he's done so far in his career, what he's done this year, leading that team. Like, you know, at the end of last year, you know, they didn't have Chris Paul, but 
they went undefeated in the bubble. They didn't make it to the playoffs, but they were this close. They went eight and zero in the bubble. And what he's brought to them is, you know, unmeasurable in the stat sheet as far as leadership, better and experience. Exactly. And, you know, he's not in the playoffs, obviously. He's coming back from um, COVID. So I, from what we've seen, the effect of COVID on athletes, I give him a few games to, you know, adjust. He's only been back two games as a recording. It'll be his third game back. So I do expect for him to have a big game tonight. Um, I don't know if they'll win it or not. I won't predict the game or predict it, but I will say he'll he'll have a big game tonight because I think he'll feel, you know, on that cusp of finally getting to the finals matchup or the NBA finals. Um, they're at home in Phoenix where they play extremely well. I think they had the best home, one of the best home records, uh, if not second with Utah. Um, in the NBA, so I think I think he'll have a good game tonight. But I think those first two games, I'll attribute that to bouncing back from um, the COVID uh, protocols and such. So, um, yeah, I think in that what, going back to your question, I think you know you got to stick with him, man. He's proven it so far that you know who he is throughout his career. Then in very interesting the Eastern Conference, the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference we have. What was that? Game three last night between Milwaukee and Atlanta. <laughs> Milwaukee oh, don't mind me. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> he's stu- oh, you he, he trying to you trying to receipt me for next episode? I feel you. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, game four is tomorrow between Milwaukee and Atlanta. Last night, Milwaukee defeated Atlanta, and Chris Middleton went off in the fourth quarter. I believe he had 20 in the fourth quarter. Giannis had like 33 points. Quiet 33. Yeah, bro, I saw a stat line. Um, By him being the only player to have a particular stat line with uh, on the particular, what is it, 70% or higher shooting? On 70% higher shooting, something like that? It was it was super high. I was like, damn, he's the only player that's done that? His last eight games, he scored like 30 plus, like each time, each time. He's, he's like, regardless of what, you know, his free throw percentage, of course, he still needs to work on his free throws and, his HB dive down the lane. <laughs> but, uh, His oh, I found it for you. Players in the NBA to average at least 29, 13, and 5 on 50% shooting during the playoff run. The only person, Giannis. That's that's it. Wouldn't think that. That's no. that's I don't know what I was thinking. 70%. That's way too high. <laughs> My bad. On social media, like every every athlete, you know, star athlete to bench players gonna get slandered if they have a bad game. But Giannis. And Chris Middleton, obviously, but I, I like the Bucks team, and I I think obviously with the Trey Young injury, we don't know how bad it's going to be or if, if he'll. He be still dropped play. the smooth thirty two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get to him in a second. He he is insane, but um, I think it might be um time to give Giannis his flowers as well because he. You know, he's still he's so young. Number, he's still the, young. The scary thing is he he still can get much better, and we've seen him progress. He had a giant leap within the last three years, maybe four years, but we've seen him progress. So let that man get that jumper down. Let him get some more post moves down. Let him let him get a midi down, and it's gonna be over. It's gonna yeah. be curtains for somebody. So man, and yeah, he doesn't like if he like you said a post game and a shot. It, yeah. a, you know what he's gonna do. He's going to try to drive. If it fails, right. he's going to back it on back up past the three-point line. He's going to try to get that little broke little dribble, and then he's going to go in, bulldozing, <laughs> and, and they can't – nobody can stop – nobody's found a a consistent way to stop him. They can slow him down, but mm. – Right. Like, and if you're that athletic and you can get to the cup every time, like, why not do it? You know what I'm saying? If it's not broke. Of course, Chris Middleton in the fourth, when you need a big shot, he hit, like, he hit like seven or eight straight shots at the end of the fourth quarter last night. Um, just incredible. But on the on the other side, um, Atlanta Hawks, bro. They got a youth youthful squad. Youthful yeah, squad. And the first team without an all-star to make it to the conference finals, which is an achievement. Makes Young you question the all-star voting though, right? Well, we are, you know, the Yeah. <laughs> I feel like any kind of voting system where there's MVP, all-stars, like it's all, you're always going to have question marks about it. Always going to be some type of controversy. But going back to Trey Young, man, he has been must-see TV. Like, you always – you feel like every – He's the villain. That, too. He's the villain that we need. 
and you always the hero like, we deserve. <laughs> every time he puts the shot up, like it's going in, like you're like automatically thinking it's about, going- uh, about thirty percent of the time from three. Yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk about that later. But about thirty percent of the time, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. But like he puts, he puts that you know that fear into deep. <gasps> he can hit a shot from damn near half court, but. I feel like even if he's not 100%, I think he'll give it a go because just his presence on the court, like the yeah. defense is going to have to account for his, it. His but, offensive awareness and his, his IQ. Exactly, creating opportunities for his teammates and stuff like that. But um, right now, I would kind of, if I were see, I mean, both teams are up right now, but I'm thinking Milwaukee and Phoenix will probably finish it off. That'd be dope. That'd be dope to yeah. see. Yeah. I, if that happens... How do you feel about these new squads, new bloods in the in the um, conference finals? My, I, yeah, how do you feel about that? I was uh, a little curious as to how that was going to go with ratings because of yes. how driven um, the league is about money. And if you don't have enough people watching a game, uh, the sport, especially in the championship stretch, if you don't have enough people watching, um, you don't have anything to drive endorsements, commercials, and things like that. There is no type of incentive to for the NBA to continue to have matchups like this, and we know that there is. Um, was it inorganic? Is it inorganic? Yeah, it's we know inorganic ways that uh, officiating can affect games and cause some teams to uh, go on the hot streaks and some teams not to go on hot streaks. It hurt your and player thing, like Trey Young, <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> I the one thing, no purpose, but that's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, one thing we that I was wary of was like, man, I really hope it's. It's a crowd draw because with this being new blood, we can't afford for not saying money wise. I'm talking about like we can't afford for teams to be discouraged from success because of the fact that they have too many powers against them um, by way of ensuring that there's games that provide uh, a lot of uh, people watching them. So this is going to be cool to see. We're definitely in the time of who who is our next guy? Who is the next face of the league? And as we have. For a number of years, we went with seeing for years to come, we're going to have some we're going to have some nice matchups. Um, But the one thing I appreciate the most from this whole entire playoff scene, the whole entire playoff scene is Trey Young being a villain, him embracing it, him, the the bout that he had in in Madison Square Garden and just him accepting Yeah, him felt like that. That's what we that's what we need. We desperately need it because the NBA hasn't seen something like that in a long time. So I'm I'm hopeful about the youth um, in the NBA. I agree, man. And especially like, you know, with eventually, you know, LeBron's going to retire and, you know, guys that we grew up watching, the Kevin Durant's, the, you know, Chris Paul's, those guys are handing off the baton to this next young core, which obviously is Trey right now, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, Luca, all those guys are, you know, like you said, the league's in good hands and, to go back to the ratings thing that you said, um, I think obviously, like for me, I don't care about the ratings. Uh, I don't think the average fan does, but you always have those guys or those people that are against the NBA for everything they've done with the social movement, um, Black Lives Matter kind of thing that I'll always go back to. Okay, I'm not going to watch basketball anymore, NBA anymore because of that stance that they took. And then to see or you know, it's going to hurt their ratings kind of thing. That's what, you know, right. conspiracy people think. And ten, that report, that tweet that you had tweeted in the group yeah. chat. And it actually was one of the highest rated games that they, they came on. And it was, that was great. That was like one of those, I'm glad I was wrong about this type of deal. Right. And you know what? I want to be right, but I was scared to be right about and you know it. What because- I think it is, bro, is, um, and this is my little theory, like, a lot of the times, like, for example, I, I always talk to my mom about sports every now and then. And she's like, you know, I always want the underdog to win. I'm, I want to see somebody new. And when we just mentioned about the four teams that, you know, haven't been, you know, haven't won a title. It's like when you see new teams and, you know, that have, have a chance, like, you're not always seeing the Lakers. You're not always seeing the Spurs. You know what I'm saying? You bring in that viewer that, you know, doesn't occasionally watch the NBA. You bring it in. So wait a minute now. Right. Bring that are usually always in the, you know, was always in the finals and then playing. Let me right. sit down and watch this real quick. Exactly. Right. And so I think that, you know, that 
NBA is bringing in new teams like small market teams, the Milwaukee's, the Phoenix that can, you know, attract new audience. I think this is great for the NBA because you're bringing in an audience that, you know, wouldn't rather, you know, would see, would love to see a new team, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, NBA playoffs right now, Phoenix is, or the Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix (laughs) Phoenix and LA are playing right now. Uh, I'll check the score on that real quick. Not LA, the Clippers. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. L.A. Clippers, they haven't even tipped off yet. No, 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 not L.A., just the Clippers. Just the Clippers, Dane says, just the Clippers. The NCAA and NIL, like every week there's something to talk about with the NIL, Dane. And according to Nicole Arbach of The Athletic, the board of directors will meet on Wednesday and is expected to approve the interim NIL policy. Mm. And they have some bullet points that I'll go over to talk about the framework of the the interim policy of the NIL name, image, and likeness for those that don't know okay so this is from the ncaa it says college athletes can engage in nil activities that are consistent with the law of the state where their school is located colleges and universities are responsible for determining whether those activities are consistent with the state law student athletes who attend a school in a state without an nil law can engage in this type of activity without violating ncaa rules related to name image and likeness College athletes can use a professional services provider for the NIL activity. So that means they can find someone to help them engage in these activities. Student athletes should report NIL activities consistent with state law or school and conference requirements to their school. With the NIL intern policy, schools and conferences may choose to adopt their own policies. Um, that was a lot, a handful. But once again, NCAA, Due to that Supreme Court ruling from a few weeks ago where they, the Supreme Court basically told NCAA what you have in place right now for these athletes is unjust, is not fair. So they're finally like, it's like on the ledge and they're like, you know what? I think you guys have a point. Maybe you're right about this whole thing. Is they looking over the edge? Right. So it seems like they're, like we said, they're tippy-toeing to the part where they have to make it. It's, it's, it's here. Inevitable. July 1st, you know, it's here. And we've talked about it a ton. Where do we get to the point where will we ever get to the point where we will give the NCAA it's just do its props for finally doing, are we still on? Nah, we gotta wait. I gotta, I gotta see some actionable steps. I got to see it. I got to see it. You got to show me, bruh. Uh, all this letter of the law, this this is how it's intended to go. I need to see it. So maybe maybe we'll see some this time, by this time next year, maybe the year after that, but I need to see it. We ain't, we ain't, you got to prove it to me because the track record doesn't look good. Right. One thing for like, we talked about Mark Emery, the president. He just signed an extension. So I feel like there's no chance soon where he'll be out of there, but there's got to be some way to get some kind of fresh blood into the higher ups. Like those guys are old and set in their ways. Like there is, it's still like, for instance, there's no um, talk about the name, image and likeness for, commercial brands or like what we like to talk about video games. It's like, they're still holding back to certain guardrails. And like, if the Supreme court says, Hey, you're not doing this right. They're taking the baby steps just to get over the hump. One of the other things about the, uh, the interim policy that the NCAA had laid down, this is from sportico.com. It says, 
A system where schools decide their own name, image, and likeness rules could prove welcome news for athletes and the various companies that seek to do business with them, so long as the compensation isn't performance-based. The NCAA, per new details revealed in this interim NIL policy, has decided to largely defer decisions on compensation for college athletes to states with their own laws, like I just read. Um... The policy draws on more cautious language than is generally found with NCAA rules. For instance, athletes at school should report their NIL activities. Oh, man, hold on. What was the part that I was looking for? Okay, here we go. As alluded above, the policy also forbids NIL compensation tied to specific athlete performance or achievements, such as financial incentives based on point score. While the policy allows <laughs> the athlete's performance may enhance and athlete's NIL value, such performance can't be used as consideration like bargain for exchange for athlete NIL competition. So you can't, it's like yeah, it's, it's, you get $50 every touchdown you score. Yeah, exactly. Which is strange, but. And then they don't mention, like I said, the group licensing, which I feel like eventually there will be, I don't know how that'll work as far as, because you have some schools that backed out of wanting to be in the NCAA video game, but I, there's got to be some kind of group that finally steps forward for the athletes to get them paid um, for their name to be in the video game. Um, this article mentions that a group could come forward and try to bring the players together to do that. What do you think? I think we should just get, let's just cut to the chase quit playing all these games about this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, because maybe you should pay attention to what your state does. Somebody needs to just lay, just lay it out on the table, just like this, blam. Give them a cut of the TV money. All these different networks y'all got, give them a cut of that. Now, no, that happening. Now, that, no, no. It's, whenever this, all this stuff passes and we're all you know free, the, the players are free to make money based off their own likeliness, that's the question that needs to be asked. Not so much because of the question, but because of the response. We need to see what the response will be. Will the response be immediate shutdown? If so, why? Shut down. You mean shutdown of the NCAA? No, no, not shutdown as in like, this is just a, a figure speech. Okay. Will they be shut down directly? Will the players or whoever, the spokesperson or the representative, will, they be, will, the, will, that, will that question be shut down? Give it, how about you give the athletes a cut of the TV money? That that response to that question, that's going to tell me everything I need to know. Right. Because that's guaranteed money. Right. And yeah. I think what what like everything is obviously so new at this time, but I think something that's going to eventually have to be resolved or eventually have to be fixed or it's going to be a lot of gray area is because you have these states that have different NIL laws, different NIL policies. And you have the NCAA that's ha- that has their own policy. Like, it, it should be uniform. It should be the same everywhere. And, like, that's where the NCAA has It should failed. be federal. And there we go. Federal. Yeah. And from what I've been the reading. Highest article, court of the land. It seems like that it won't be at any time soon. And that's why you see these states coming out and, you know, making Here, their laws. Take, take a little chump change. Here, go ahead. Fine. Your bacon ass here. I think, yeah, I think that's that's gonna come to some kind of head where like you have these different, like there's no sense of togetherness. There's no sense of where everything is the same, and so you're gonna have discrepancies over here, discrepancies in this state, discrepancies with the NCAA, and like I think that goes back to what we had mentioned before, how the NCAA is like dropped the ball tremendously. We we've set it up a bunch of times, but I think this is another example of that. So we'll we'll definitely keep keep our eyes and ears to the ground and update this as the story unfolds and possibly try to bring another guest on to talk about that because I feel like um there's a lot of stuff that we don't even know that we could ask questions about as far as the NIL goes. So stay tuned. Hey, we do have NFL news that I think we both are kind of excited for, but I also have a question about two. But uh, the NFL approves alternate helmets beginning in 2022. This is coming from NFL.com. Fans, Dane and I, who have been begging for the NFL to bring back alternate helmets, need only one more year of waiting. 
The NFL sent a memo to clubs Thursday announcing that it will allow teams to wear two different helmets beginning in the 2022 season. Per NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, Pro Football Talk first reported the news. The NFL previously permitted teams only one set of helmets for safety reasons. The thought processes followed that it was safer for a player to be fitted with one helmet properly than be shifting in and out of different headgear that it couldn't be certain was as safe. In 2018, the NFL expanded the uniform policy to allow for more jersey options per club, but kept the one helmet rule in place, which restricted some club option. The new rules loosens those restrictions, providing teams more freedoms. Uh, Clubs must obtain an entire new set of alternate color helmets for all players. Alternate color helmets must be the same make, model, and size as the apical player's primary helmet. Uh, Why do we have to wait a whole year for that? That was my question. I'm happy that it's happening. I feel like it should have been done a while. And build up anticipation. Why only two helmets? Am I missing something? I feel like that, like you can get the start. It's a start. I guess so. So here's the thing. It's always going to start with the lower number. Just like how we move from a 16 game season to a 17 game season. Eventually we're going to go to an 18 game season. Yes. Maybe we'll see. My theory is it's going to be an 18-game season. Same thing with these helmets. It's going to start off at two. We were previously at one. And then before that, we were at multiple. Maybe I think it was some teams had as many as two or three, if I'm not mistaken. But due to the the lack thereof, the research and data available from uh, concussions and what effect it had on it between switching from helmets from week to week, that was shut down. I understand that. But – we know there are a number of players in the league. If they feel like they're good, they feel like they look good, they're going to play good. This has everything to do with it, with the exception of those hideous uniforms that Green Bay has. Keep them. Uh, don't want them. Which ones? The- it's like a – it's like – you going to Google it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, the hideous I, Green I, Bay I uniforms. up with the uh, Philly ones, the blue and yellow Philly ones. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, let me see. Let me see, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the one, now, the yellow. Yeah. And, uh, the, dirty, the dirty must, yeah. Yellow on they can keep them. You know what? It's probably between them and the, the Steelers had some hideous ones, didn't they? I know the Broncos got some UPS looking ones. I hate those. Y'all had y'all had the clean, like the John Elway ones. Them ones oh, yeah. just clean. The one with the horse them, coming out of the bro. Yeah, that one was clean. Yeah, look at them Steelers also in the uniforms. It must look like prison uniforms, bro. Oh, yeah, they got the stripes. For for our audio listeners, the Steelers jersey, the ones with the black or the yellow one with the black stripes. I think the- as long as we don't get punished and we don't have to see that again, I'm good. <laughs> don't don't bring that on my TV screen. I will I will not be watching. Oh. I will put my TV in black and white to watch it. What's up? What, what, when this rule comes into place, what – Jersey set, are you most excited to see? Uh, the, I believe it's the, either the Chargers, one of the Chargers uniforms they had back in, back when LT was playing, they used to have, um, beautiful. I love, I love their, their alternate uniforms that they used to play with. And then of course, second, the Dallas Cowboys are typically our Thanksgiving day jerseys. Um, the most iconic you want to know what jerseys I'm talking about? The most iconic ones there with the white helmets, yeah, and the uh, the white uh, the the white shoulder pads. Look at the just look at a picture of T.O. when he was eating the popcorn when he threw the popcorn. It's like like that. Those are the ones that I I love those. I hate the our current jerseys that we have. This little tuna teal turquoise blue crap or whatever. Edition like I always thought like I hate that crap. Like, so yeah, ugly. I feel like the Cowboys should update. Like, they need to uh, the uniforms, but I don't see that happen anytime. They're not team cup like that. That doesn't match. Yeah, it doesn't match, and it's ugly. Seafoam, that's the color. The seafoam pants, them, them just is disgusting. And I know there's a very small pack of cowboy fans that like them, but that is disgusting. Um, yeah, give us something that matches, man. Right. That doesn't. That ain't it. Besides the Broncos, uh. Helmet, old school logo with the horse coming out of the the letter D, and orange. I like the uh, 
the old school Philly Randall Cunningham jerseys that that oh that green yeah. that green with the 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 eagle with the football holding the football right well the, on the helmet it's got I mean yeah the the logo yeah, yeah the logo is the, yeah but the actual still has the wings I I got the oh yeah because Michael Vick I'm looking at this picture of Michael Vick throwback in the Eagles but I like those has some good throwbacks. Um, um, I know I'm forgetting somebody. Somebody has some real good throwbacks. I like seeing it. Uh, uh, okay, the Chargers ones, the white ones. The Falcons got some nice throwbacks. The Bucks, the orange Bucks one. The Oilers. It'll come to me later when I'm not thinking about this. I don't think, ah, that's who it was. Yeah. You don't like those Bucks orange creamsicle ones? Orange creamsicle? No, nah, I'm sticking with the, the ones from... Because I recently was reminded how clean they were when I seen the um, Uncle Shane and Sharp's yeah. highlight video because it was his birthday the other day, and they showed like pretty much all of his like best plays. When most of them came when he was with the Broncos, and I was like, "Man, them jerseys, them jerseys was clean!" Like, and that reminded me that during that era, the Elway era, they, y'all had some real fire jerseys. Right. Obviously, I you know I wouldn't remember that none of that when I was a kid because I wouldn't have known what was cool and what wasn't cool. But looking back at it now. I would say that was that was clean, pretty clean. Top five for me. That's about We're it. At unis. And if you're listening to this episode or watching it on YouTube, man, let us know. Hit us up. Tell us what yeah. your favorite throwback jersey is for the NFL. Or if not, NBA, MLB, doesn't matter. Let us know. Yeah, we'd uh, love to interact with that. As long as you don't say a seafoam cowboy uniform. Yeah. Just don't, seafoam. don't tell Dane that. Don't tell don't Dane tell me that. So, Dane, COVID, you know, COVID, always we've talked about in all of our episodes how it affected sports, and obviously one of the biggest things that it affected it pushed the 2020 Olympics one entire year. So that means we get the Olympics in a few months, man. We had the Olympic trials the past few days. Honestly, I did not get to see all of the track and field action. I know you were up on it a lot. I did get to follow a couple of Baylor Bears that did qualify for Tokyo, man, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a pass the baton, so to speak, to you to talk about what to expect in the um, Olympic Games from the U.S., man. Man, first of all, we are very fortunate. I didn't, I didn't know how they were going to handle it with uh, the way the COVID nineteen hit us last year, like a ton of bricks. Plenty of athletes uh, missed out on the opportunity to show the world what they had. And is anybody who's anybody knows that there are some sports that you're the peak of your athleticism. Um, is very it can be considered very untimely, and when you have something like the Olympics is only around every four years. There's, you know, there the there are the world championships, but of course, everyone is watching the Olympics. Everyone and some of the, not some of the best athletes in the world are seen typically every four years. Some athletes lost that opportunity to showcase that last year, um, and we were fortunate enough to get a lot of them uh, by way of NBC get to watch a lot of them televised during the trials. We have a lot of new blood. Uh, we have a lot of successful stories. We have a lot of comeback stories. Um, but me personally, if I had to choose, I'm going to go with choosing maybe three. I'll, I'll, I won't go to more than five. Um, 100 meter dash, Shakari Richardson. Um, I say that because, I, we got to see her years ago because um, we, we are in Dallas. So we got the we got the fortune of watching her tear it up here in Dallas a number of years. Um, she went to Dallas Carter, correct? Yeah, she went to Carter. She did go, she did go to Carter. And, they, they bought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, <laughs> she was the real deal um, here. So she's number one. You're going. You're if you don't know, like she said, if you don't know who she is, you going you gonna find out real soon. Google me. Um, yeah, Google her. So Shakari Richardson, number one for me. Uh, number two probably be Trayvon Bromel. Um, Deontay, you might know a little bit about this guy. Pick him. Baylor. <laughs> he is a Baylor Bear. Somewhat of a comeback uh, for him. He's had. He's had some Olympic success, um, you know, just by making it there. And then, of course, some bouts with injuries. But we got to see him. He looked like he is in the best shape of his life, effortlessly winning 100 after 100 after 100. So pay attention to him, uh, obviously, of course, and 4 by one as well. We'll see that, um, hopefully. 
Um, Simone Biles, number three for me. Um, we that Olympic team, that women's gymnastics team from 2016. Mm-hmm. Was it 2016? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 2016. And I think that team in 2012 was pretty good too. But 2016, they were they were some beasts. Um, she is phenomenal. It's hard to see. Like when you see how short he she is, it's like, damn, she be getting up there. Like yeah. I, I'd almost be willing to bet if somehow in some way, shape, or form, she could like tape a basketball to her wrist. I think she could probably do a cartwheel backflip and then dunk that mug. I don't think she can dunk that mug straight off a of vert. You know, I don't think that's possible. But if there's some way possible that she can will herself to hold a basketball while, you know, flipping across the, the court, I think it's possible because of just how high she can get and the momentum and she, the power and the explosiveness that she has. Um, so we'll get to see her. Floor routines are amazing. Um, some of the dopest things you'll see at the end of backflips and free running and stuff like that. There's plenty of events for you to watch in, in terms of gymnastics. Um, for yeah. Allison Felix. Allison Felix. Allison. Oh, man. Yeah. So the Nike pretty much tried to do her dirty. So she came back with a with a letter of her own with her own uh clothing or her own sporting line and she qualified, I believe, for the four hundred. I know she qualified for the four hundred. I can't remember if there's any other events. Um she was doing so many of them. Uh or she's she has done so many of them in the past. But this is her fifth Olympic fifth Olympics that she's qualified for. So that's impressive in its own right so just getting to see her again um is going to be pretty cool and then number five um hmm i also said probably come oh fifth guy um the kid that broke usain bolt's uh record for our fastest 200 under 20 arian arian nine arian nine i think did you see that guy i did I did. I did happen to see that. Impressive, man. man. That's uh, pretty insane. There was another kid from the IMG Academy that was in the 100. He was also in the 200 as well, but he was in the 100, and he made it to, the, I think, the semis, but he he took a fall. He tripped over on his legs and fell, but he he had a really good time too. But, yeah, some young people, they're coming up, man. I don't know what's in the water, but hopefully it gets to my kid too, man. Cause <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely gonna tune in. Um, coming up, the the trials are still going. Gymnastics part is still going on, right? I saw it on last night. I think they are wrapped up with that one. I want to say there might be some a few events left. No, softball. I think is the only thing that's left. Everything else is done. And, if I'm not mistaken, of they announced the NBA uh, Olympic team, which yeah, you know. I'm the- not- I'm not excited about it. I don't know why, but I'm not excited about that one, G. Interesting, man, because you, you see some of these other teams, you know, obviously Luca with Slovenia, but I mean, that's just a Luca show. But it fool's about to get washed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you talking about Spain or something, I was like, okay, maybe. Oh, I was going to get Argentina. I was thinking about all the teams with a star player from the NBA on it. I looked at the, uh, I think the Canada roster was announced. They, they look, Formidable, I think. I think USA wins. <laughs> formidable machine. <laughs> it won't be easy. It won't be easy. I think they win it though. Yeah, but man, it's great to like. One thing I will say about the Olympics, I haven't followed the trials as much like like, like you have, but I will say, people people feel some type of way, and I, I don't know why about track athletes like showing off. And I'm like, man, this is like their one opportunity out of that, this is it. everybody is watching them. Like, and literally there's not, there's nothing they can do to take away from the attention from the team. Cause they are like literally every single event with the exception of relays, it's about them winning. Like so literally off, yeah. like, there's it, nothing they can do to take away attention right. from everybody else. You know, like, you know, they have the world championships that come on TV, but like, for for the entire world, like nobody's really paying attention to track and field unless you are in the sport or you know somebody in the sport or you're just a diehard tra- track and field fan. And so I feel like, man, if if I was in that position, like I'm about to show off. I'm about to show you why I'm. <laughs> Look, if I was fast, I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. You hear a lot of people like even with, you know, our boy Omar, like people yeah. always feel a kind of way about, you know, how he, you know, his showmanship so to speak. And like, I'm like, man, 
when you good, like, you can do whatever the hell you want right. to. Right. And bro. like, man, like, come on. <laughs> I'm trying to show why I'm one of the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Right. Y'all don't see me grind. You know, it's not a week to week schedule like it is in the other sports. Like you see me once, maybe twice every four years. So I'm going to show off like uh, Shikari Richardson showed off after she did what she did. I would be doing the same thing, man. And like the, the thing off. about it is, and a lot of them will tell you, um, you are literally, there is nothing they can, you are out there by yourself. There's nothing they can say. You can't rely on, I mean, unless you're in a relay, then you can't, you're not relying on nobody else. You working, you relying on that 364 other days of the year that you grinding and work right. hard to get you through, to will you through with the time or just the, or, or whatever it is, whatever the measurement of success is, that's what you're up against. And let them, let them show out, man. Like you have something wrong with that. Look, especially especially here moving forward in the Olympics. If you have something wrong with that, if you have an issue with that, it's un-American. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I do have a concern or a potential concern for the USA men's track team. Um, is Usain Bolt still running for Jamaica? I don't think so. I think he's done. Yeah, right. He actually just had twins not too long ago. Oh, good for him. Well, um, well, that's good news for the U.S., uh, not so much, but you still got to worry about, well, the women at least have to worry about Shelly Ann Fraser Price. So she's pretty much the equivalent <laughs> as far as the 100 meter dash. Uh, she ran like a 10 7 when she qualified for Jamaica. Yeah. Shout out to the motherland. Um, so, I mean, I think, well, let me let me just double check. Okay. Make sure this dude ain't. I don't remember hearing I, anything. Yeah, about I haven't heard from him. I'd be ashamed. I, look, I'd be ashamed if he, if he was doing something. Oh, no, no, he's retired. He ain't doing it. I think he's focusing on soccer. Okay. Well, got the Olympics coming up. We'll keep updating as it gets closer to, I think, it, when's the start? End of July? Um, When does it start? The opening ceremony? You know, that's going to be televised. Opening ceremony. I want to say it's the end of July. Olympics 2021. July 23rd. Yo, July 23rd. Opening ceremony Olympics, and we will. It's gonna be a movie. Talking about it for show. Ready for it, Dane? What's that? What's that sound? No! Loki episode three on Disney Plus. Uh, what do you think about the episode, man? I I felt like compared to the first two, this is my least favorite, but that doesn't mean I didn't like it. We got some great new tidbits about certain things that was going on in the show. Um, but what you what you think about episode three, man? I like level level three. Episode three, I liked it because it shed some light and some curiosity, as well as it got the the hamster wheels spinning. For one thing, one thing in particular, where I liked about episode three, right, the same thing I'm thinking about <laughs> when Lady Loki. I know some of y'all don't like the name, but Lady Loki uh, alluded to the fact that old girl that she had kidnapped all of her thoughts and all of her previous memories were from earth were based on earth. So that she let us know that the very, or not the very, the time, one of the TVA officials or timekeeper, not timekeeper, one of the TVA, uh, what's their official name? The little, one of the TVA workers, all of her previous life was spent on earth. And that was contrary to what on Wilson's character told us uh, with Morbius, when Morbius told us that, they were all were created by the timekeepers. And so this is all that they knew. So that kind of makes things interesting because if what she's with Lady Loki saying is correct, then they're being lied to. Or and they, if they, yeah, yeah. And exactly. if they're being lied to, then all this means is does those three timekeepers are not who we think they are. Or if even if they exist, somebody playing strings as time. Exactly. Time-keeper. Exactly. Yeah. So these supreme cosmic beings are right. up to no good or somebody's someone's playing games with all minds. We agree on that. Yeah. We found out that everyone's a variant. Everyone is a variant. So we found out that information. And now we're thinking, like you said, Dane, okay, TVA is not 
who we thought they were. Like, we yeah, men- they are who we thought they are. We had mentioned that last episode when we're talking about uh, reviewing, recapping episodes one and two. Loki had mentioned that there was a saying that he learned when he was little, similar, kind of like this saying, like, everything that's bad isn't always all bad. Everything that's good isn't all good. So we get a little glimpse of that in this episode when she mentions that, you know, everyone's a variant. And then at the end, it seems like, I I don't know, like the episode ended so abruptly, it looks like they were, you know, trapped in whatever. Who's going to save them, Deontay? Right now, huh? How are they going to get saved? How does... How's episode four? Because we only got we only got three episodes left. Three left. So yeah. How's this gonna? Are they gonna? Are the TVA just gonna pop up with the little little time doors? Like, hey, yeah. we got you. I think, Help us. I think that's what happens. And the reason why I think that is, I, I, I <laughs> you gonna hate me? I saw a mid season clip that Marvel came out with, and in that clip, you see Sylvie, aka Lady Loki, and Loki both being taken into custody. By the TV, mm, so that's, you think. that's what I you think. Know, Marvel, the king, I king know. and queens of misdirection. Correct. They can hit you with one of these. <laughs> yeah, pump fake for sure. That, that's the only reason because I can't see another <laughs> scenario where they get out of there besides being caught. So, interesting. I don't know between that and the fact that Owen Wilson was just so obsessed, it might seem, or so in, uh, I guess maybe enamored. Would enamored be a good word there? We'll see. So so obsessed with the idea of uh, jet skis. Yeah. My idea was, my thought was, maybe jet skis, something that he did a lot in his previous maybe life. Like, correct. Yeah. My also question I had was, everybody that works for the TBA, you mean every single last one of those dudes stepped outside of the timeline? Like every single one of them? Got to explain. Every it. single wow. one of them? Yeah. Uh, you make you have to make that make sense for me, Playboy. I agree with you on that. Like, like, Mathematically, like every single like we see how lot. big the TVA is. We've seen, you know, that city that they showed in episode one, I believe. Mm-hmm. They're saying every single one, but I mean, we don't even know. Like we talked about last episode, we don't know where and when the TVA is. We know it's outside right. of time and space. It might be in the quantum right. realm, which we don't really know. We haven't. I mean, besides Ant Man, we don't really know much about the quantum realm. So if mm-hmm. this is in the quantum realm. It's like no explanation is the explanation. Like it can't mm-hmm. be explained. They gotta, they, they're they're going to have to make sure that there's no plot holes. Yeah. Because all that's going to do is piss off a lot of people, um, including myself. As much as I was looking forward to this particular project, there needs to be some sort of solid explanation or understanding, at least by episode six, right. by the conclusion of it. According to uh, Tom Hiddleston, these these final three episodes are the craziest, wackiest thing Marvel has ever done. So I'm expecting, I my my, I, I'm gonna I I want to see some different character, uh, different variants of the characters we know from the Marvel universe, mm. like a Thor, like an alternate Thor, an alternate. Odin, alternate Iron Man, I don't know, but I feel like that's my prediction. Like I think we'll see a different version of a character we've already met in the MCU previously. I hope it, I hope they like I hope it's just bonkers like how much they go into craziness of the multiverse and we know this well we've kind of seen the beginning of it of what to expect in these next few projects that are coming out in the MCU as far as the multiverse is concerned. So uh, episode three, episode four will be out on Wednesday. So, of course, our next episode, we are going to break episode four down, everything that went on in the episode and things of that nature. Staying, staying in the MCU, my guy, did you happen to check out? I know you did because we talked about it. The Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings trailer. What did you think about it? I liked it. Um there are a lot of people that don't like it because of uh, reasons, but I like it for the simple fact that this is new. This is a, a new culture that we get to explore um, throughout the MCU. Um, I love a really good movie. I love a really good fighting movie. I love a really good fighting movie that has excellent hand-to-hand combat scenes. So that has potential that has this movie has that potential to be one of the memorable MCU movies because of the hand-to-hand combat, possibly. 
One of my favorite MCU movies, top three on my list is Winter Soldier because of the hand-to-hand combat and the sequences and the scenes and the, the level of detail in the fighting sequences. I loved it. We haven't had another movie that had that sort of range yet in the MCU. Uh, not as consistent. Um, so we have the opportunity to see that here with this movie. That's what I'm looking forward to. Plus, I need to know what why the hell the uh, why the hell the abomination is where he was at. I need to know what that's about. What what's 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 going on here? So that's what I want to know. Man, but I like the trailer. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything you said about the hand in hand combat, the action, the pacing, it seems like you know, it'll be one of those Marvel origin stories that we don't really know much about the character, but we'll grow to love. And that goes back to what you said about why is Abomination there possibly fighting Wong on a MCU audience perspective. I feel like this is a move by Kevin Feige and those guys to say, Hey, our audience might not know much about Shang-Chi unless they're a diehard comic fan, you know, that knows a lot about the MCU comics. How can we attract an audience to this movie besides the hand-in-hand combat that we like. Let's put in a character that we have not seen since Incredible Hulk. Let's put in another character that, you know, the fans love so much to get the mind going. To get I didn't realize that was Wong either. Theories going, right. So Kevin Feige and those guys are like, how can we get more people hyped for this movie? Let's put in characters that they already know and familiar with. Let's throw in Abomination. Let's throw in Wong. That's just me thinking on the outside perspective. Now, as far as how Abomination got there in in this tournament, as far as we know, you know the 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 movie itself is supposed to be. Uh, it reminds me from what I've heard about like a Mortal Kombat fighting tournament, uh, but they're fighting for the ten rings that you see in the trailer. Now, I don't know why or how Abomination gets there, and I don't know the reasons why Wong might want the rings, probably for the Sanctum to keep them or something to keep the planet safe. But I just think from a perspective of what the executives of Marvel and, you know, their planning is to, to hype the movie, to get more people to go watch it is, you know, bring characters that we already know. And, you know, we haven't seen forever, you know, and I, I just think that is what they were kind of thinking about going into the movie, but I'm hyped for it, man. Um, Simu Lee seems like I, I haven't watched any of his other movies or previous stuff, but I, he feels like a character that or an actor that, you know, knows how to fit this role. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, he's a, he's a, he's a good follow. I follow him on TikTok, and he says some pretty funny stuff from time to time. So I like his personality. So I'm hopeful about the movie because it, uh, again, it gives a lot of people the opportunities that statistically speaking have been overlooked in Hollywood as well. Um, so this should be fun. Um, curious. We're, we more than likely we're going to get a third trailer during what's the next big event before then Maybe um, sometime during the Olympics. Yeah. Cause it comes out September 3rd. So yeah, probably around that time. Uh, sometime during the Olympics. Would be or do we have a football game? Hall of Fame game? No, no Hall of Fame game this year. Maybe during a, a some sort of halftime during a one particular NFL game that's going to be on leading up to that, but possibility. So third trailer, look out for the third trailer. Third trailer always, not always, but third trailer. You know what? No, I'm I'm gonna take that back because that third, I'm still pissed off about that third Infinity War trailer. Where they misdirected us with the Hulk in there, had us thinking the homie was gonna be there the whole time. Hulk getting his ass beat to the movies. All right, is he about to do it again? Is 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 the Hulk coming? It, no. Kevin Feige said, "No, no, no, my friend." Straight misdirection. Not so fast. That was a lot. <laughs> Not a so fast. Man, episode fifty of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast in the books. Man, we appreciate y'all once again for tuning in watching wherever you do, listening wherever you're listening to. You could have did anything in the world, but you decided to listen to Dane and myself talk about sports, talk about nerdy stuff, and just kick it with us for a few minutes. By a few minutes, I mean a couple minutes. Dane, what you about to say? Dane's frozen, or he's acting like he's frozen. But while he's frozen, I will tell you that 
you can listen to our episodes and any of our episodes on our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com, as well as Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. And if you're on Apple, give us a five-star rating and a great review so we can get more ears to the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. And I think on next episode, Dane, uh, we got Black Widow coming up in July, July 9th. So we'll preview that and our predictions about what we might expect um, for that movie. And uh, man, anything else you want to say to our people? Dane has no words. He hates you. <laughs> no play. Y'all take care. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us for the other 49.5 episodes. Let's make it another 49 good ones, man. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say. Episode, episode 50. 50. F-I-D-D-Y. 50. Half a hundred. We on this. We're going to keep Curtis. Going. That Curtis Jackson, you feel me? Hey. Maybe I should play 50 Cent on the way out instead of our. Play Mini Men. Mini Men. We might get copyrighted. Oh, yeah, that's true. Play the instrumental game. The duo. 